morning, good afternoon, guys. We're back for another Geek Tavern. As always, this is me, Sean, and I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Aaron. And today we are going to be talking about Mike's recommendation, The Doors. So, take us away on this fantastic trip. <laughs> this is a fantastic voyage. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen this, so I had no preference or knowledge. Um, Jim Morrison was not a good guy. He's a piece of yeah, shit. He's, <laughs> a he's a huge piece of shit. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really want to turn this into talking ill of the dead, but uh, no, no, we can do that. <laughs> I uh, I have a uh, a new uh, perspective on the music of the Doors. Uh, I wouldn't say it's changed my perspective on their music. It has certainly changed my perspective on him because yeah. I barely knew anything about. I didn't him. know anything about him at all. Uh, I mean, I knew he was a drinker and a partier. Yeah, but um, I didn't know to the extent that yeah. they portray in the movie. And I mean, I'm sure some of the things are embellished. But watching the shit that he does in that movie, well, the, the, like, the rest of the the leftover uh, band members, um, I, they do play a part, I, I believe, in the making of this movie. So Yes. They um, play like extra so, characters, right? They, like yeah, they're extra characters, and they have their cameos in there, as, all except for. So Jim. they're probably you know, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't right. agree with. It's what. coming from a place of authority. Yeah. They would know. Yes, you know? so it's probably all true, and that's yeah, um, that's a thing. Yeah, um, I think. Not really gonna read a synopsis because like it's just the story, basically the, Jim Morrison's the, yeah, story. There, this movie is about Jim Morrison and his rise and fall and ultimate demise. Spoilers, you all know Jim Morrison's not alive. Yeah. Um, his ultimate demise and all that stuff. I, I said this earlier, and I still stand by it. This movie shouldn't have been called The Doors. No. It should have just been called like The Lizard King. The story of Jim Morrison or something yeah, like that yeah, instead yeah. of The Doors. Because it really didn't focus on any of the other band members. There was little bits and pieces, which, like, we talked about Bohemian Rhapsody. It wasn't called Queen. It right. wasn't called Freddy. It was... And that one would have made more sense to be called Queen or something with Queen. Yeah, because yeah, it did focus a little bit more on the band members, but they didn't want to call it by it. So, so well, I guess that did focus a lot on Freddy, I guess. Yeah. But... But, like, with this, it's solely focused on Jim and yeah, I his mean, fuck-ups and all yeah, that, yeah. you know. Um, so, I, I would just talk about random points of the movie, I guess, because I don't, I don't exactly know how to go about this. The whole this. movie's kind of random points. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, him following Pam home randomly creepily yeah and climbing a tree is she like just okay with it like yeah. the 60s was a different time i guess so yes <laughs> they were probably um, both really high on something yeah like he kisses her <laughs> she's okay with it i don't know um apparently the shit that she put up with is probably <laughs> probably the most crazy part yeah. That I took away from it. Which, I mean, he's insane. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, but, I, but, I understand. But she kind of is, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, it was like, it was almost like she had maybe a, 
uh, bipolar kind of thing, like, she'd be super pissed at him. Yeah. And then just, like, well, I'm sorry, I, I, you know. I, yeah, and I almost, I almost wonder if that's not, like, some type of Stockholm Syndrome. Oh yeah, very that, because well as soon as he would like, like when he took the knife out of her hand and yeah. like was like, "You want a little murder?" and like went at her, like yeah. she immediately like changed her whole demeanor. Yeah. Then, which I mean, you know, you're faced with death right there. Yeah, like, what what else can you do? Um, him locking her in that closet and setting it yeah, on burning, fire, yeah, burning the house down. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, that was. And then, yeah, she goes back to him I've, at the uh, recording studio. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> My takeaway from Pancho Morrison in this movie is he's a piece of shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely maybe going to change how I talk about the doors. Yeah. Like, not maybe so much... Uh, no, I, I still I still like him. their music. Yeah, I yeah. still like their music. I do not like Jim Morrison at all. Um, like with this knowledge in today's society, how? Oh my god! Not not that I'm behind cancel culture, but like, how is <laughs> Jim Morrison well, not we, canceled? We briefly talked about this too. It was it was, and we all know Bill Burr brought up like a, a point. Like yeah. it was that time. Like it was though. Yeah. Like, it, like you said earlier, it, 60s was, it was a different that time. time. Yeah. yeah. Like, for him to do half the shit that he did, most people were like, cool, man. You know, just like, yeah. that was it. It was the end of it. Now, it, like, the way we should look at it is that's not acceptable behavior today. Yeah. No, certainly not. Yeah. But back when he was alive in the 60s and 70s, that was acceptable for I mean, the time. Drugs were a crazy thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> back yeah. Back then. Um, I didn't realize, like, how much the drugs played into, like, I, I, maybe you guys can explain a little better, like, because I was also really tired when I watched this this morning, but, uh, like, the Indian, the whole Indian thing, Mm -hmm. like. So I said to Sean while we were watching this, have you watched Wayne's World 2? No. So they parody this in Wayne's World oh, 2. Okay. <laughs> where Wayne gets led in a dream into the desert by a weird naked Indian man. <laughs> and is taken into the desert to meet Jim Morrison, who's talking to Sammy Davis Jr. in the middle <laughs> of the desert. And then Jim Morrison tells him he has to make Wayne stock. He has to like get all these bands together and everything. And he has to go to England to find his roadie that like set up all their concerts and everything hmm. and watching this i was like oh that makes a lot more sense that they were parodying it because it came out before they did wayne's world right. too yeah but no i i was lost on that part <laughs> okay i mean i think it was just an artistic choice i guess so yeah um, i think it's just like an anchor point in jim morrison's life like he's yes. fixated on this accident i guess that happened I mean, I don't even know if this is true, if it's just some made-up thing, but yeah. uh, that's the opening of the movie, is they're driving past an accident with, like, all these Navajo that were killed or whatever. And he even says in the one interview, he's like, it's like all their souls were leapt out and then dove into mine. Huh. So I think that that was just, like, him... I don't know, he has some weird spiritual connection with, like, 
the Navajo and like okay. Indian Im- imagery. I don't know. That seems like a very f- like a driving force behind him yeah. or something. Probably because I mean, he even brings it up with the shaman. Yeah. Like uh, you know, Indian shamans and things like that. So clearly, like drug usage and like the exploration of one's mind is something that I guess Indians or Navajo it, people yeah, they do. do. It's it's part part of that. So yeah, like sure. that was just like his like he used that to motivate the making of his music, I guess. Right. So like whenever he was like losing it later in his life and like envisioning them i'm not exactly sure what later that was. 27 well know. yeah <laughs> or like uh that the part. whole framing of the movie is him recording something mm. like his life stories i guess and it's like basically spoken word yeah thing it's basically him which i wonder if he actually did i didn't look into that yeah i don't know it's like him del- like care. delivering <laughs> that to the indian man that he saw who had died yeah i think that that is kind of like the way that he views death because he touched on that. Well, that's why I didn't know movie. if it was like almost um, I think his, his vision of the Grim Reaper almost. Like yeah, I think that's an inappropriate interpretation get, of it. Getting his call home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that that term. I think that that is valid because he sees it in times where he's obviously going off the deep end and you know really tempting his fate, yeah. so to say. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he ever, like, if he was envisioning him whenever he's, like, hanging off of the building or anything like that, but... Yeah, uh, that stuff, like, I mean, that, that stuff's gotta be true, because, like, why would you even fathom putting, like, putting that kind of stuff in He there? clearly has a fixation, had a fixation with death, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess we can talk about who, who plays who in the movie, um... Val Kilmer. <laughs> Val Kilmer was excellent. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, he was great. Sometimes I forgot it was Val, Val Kilmer. Yeah, you just, like... Blended just like, into that persona, yeah. But, like, to get in that character, he probably had to get pretty messed up. Oh, like, yeah, and I mean, him being, like, a method actor, that's... Yeah. That was probably, like, a... Well, and we knew from the documentary that that was, like, a dream that he wanted to, to do. Yeah. He wanted to portray Jim Morrison in a movie so right. like that I, he was a driving force to get that thing made yeah so i mean yeah you could tell that this was definitely a, a passion project of his um and he does a fantastic job at, yeah he does a fantastic job at playing a piece of shit that <laughs> i've grown to hate after 141 minutes um it was a rather long movie too yeah i, I saw the runtime i was like oh god oh no <laughs> Start checking on those before I say things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was really surprised uh, that Meg Ryan plays Pamela. I I don't know where to see her. Mm. I know she was really big in the 90s. Um, Billy Idol was in this. Oh, he was uh, the dude with the British accent. Yeah. The one that I said is that Jason Statham. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did sound like Jason Statham. Yeah. We said, yeah. no, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's... I don't know at what point he pops up. There was a brief period in the movie where I think I fell asleep, but um, it's all right, us too. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Crispin Glover is in this. Yes, he plays Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we were watching it, and I, Sean goes, is that? And I was like, that's Crispin Glover. And then we were both like, oh my god. <laughs> the perfect Which, person to play to him. To play him, yeah. Yeah. Because we all know Crispin Glover is also a weird, very weird man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Warhol's an alien, so... Yeah. Crispin Glover might be an alien, too. Crispin Glover, if I had to choose anybody that would be one, it would be him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. I didn't I didn't even get that. I, I don't know if he shows up once. Or... He, it's like a five-minute scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's but you could tell I just must, like... I must have missed it. Cause... You could tell just from hearing the voice that <laughs> it was Crispin Glover. Yeah. That's like another one of um, Jim's like lower points. He's like zooted off with all these drugs at this party at Andy Warhol's mansion, I guess. Mm. And all the rest of the doors are like, come on, man, we got a show tomorrow, let's get out of here. And he's like, no, let's stay, have fun, and everything. And he's, like, completely blitzed. And then they, yeah. like, they like waltz him in front of Andy Warhol, and he's like, hey. And then Andy Warhol in the scene <clears throat> just goes on about some nonsense and just, like, hardly interacts with him. <laughs> and then yeah. I think uh, Jim goes off and has sex with somebody, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, doesn't he end up like drinking blood or something like that? Is that is that? I don't remember. If that's the same that scene, but that does happen. Uh, no, I think they like leave the Warhol party and then that scene takes place. Mm, maybe. Um, or she comes and gets him and takes him away. I'm pretty sure she does. I think she comes in and she's like, "All right, Jim, come on, time to go." And then they go drink blood and. Whew! Sixties <laughs> were weird, man. Yeah, they were definitely. She was a witch. She was a witch. So. And that leads to that one scene where they, uh, was that like a marriage thing? Yeah, like a marriage. Yeah. Which is funny because like, he was like proposing to Pam, yeah. all kind of, before that, during Thanksgiving, and then after that he does get married to, I don't even remember that name, that woman's name, Someone's, Patricia. Yeah, Patricia, yeah, yeah. yeah. Patricia Keneally or something mm-hmm. like that. Who was a uh, journalist that was like covering him and then yeah <laughs> you know that one guy at the stadium <clears throat> covered him yeah <laughs> um where he was like he must have been like recording into some kind of like little or maybe he was live broadcast oh yeah yeah i don't remember um i didn't realize like i never obviously this is way before we were ever born but i didn't realize that like people had thought that they like sold out or were like past their prime mm-hmm. so quickly i guess and i i don't know if this is part of the movie because i don't know the timeline of of songs for the doors but like did they really come out with like break on through <laughs> like first right away <laughs> i don't know if they did like if that i would assume that they tried to like stick with the real timeline yeah of things because i know there's there was like with bohemian rhapsody there was a lot of like well that didn't happen then yeah like yeah which i oh, trust me weird. i know i watched it with my dad and he's like that didn't come out till 75 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. i was like okay like, <laughs> just sit back and enjoy the movie dad <laughs> well i mean if i if i have had the knowledge i would oh I would, yeah i would yeah. be that picky too i can't uh you know I can't. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I but, don't know uh, either. So, But I, I think that they would be pretty like well established in the timeline because the final bit of the movie is them releasing Riders of the Storm. Yeah, and, which then, I, and I didn't know that was so late. Late, apparently. Yeah. But uh, 
I mean, I imagine that would be accurate. Yeah. So I, I don't. I'm unaware. But... Yeah, with them putting that in so late, I, it's got to be the correct mm-hmm. um, timeline because. Um, so they must have put that song out and not ever really played it. Yeah, I guess because he like died a week it, later. Yeah, it seems like it was recorded, and they were like, "Yeah, this is pretty good. I'm gonna go off to Paris now." And die. And, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. He's like, ah, that sounds pretty good for uh, recording it whenever none of us were talking to each other at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of uh, funny to think about, like, a band just, like, but it creating more music often than not. and just, like, absolutely hating each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, creative in, minds and everything. Well, and especially in today's world, you could do that. Oh, yeah. Like, hell, look at, uh, for example, Junkie XL did, what, three movie scores? All from his own house. Yeah. Just, like, making orchestral pieces just on his computer. Well, that's how most demos are made now. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of different uh, musical tools that you can program drums or whatever and just make rough demos and then... Oh, yeah, because Junkie did. I mean, people can literally record their part at home Mm -hmm. if they have a home studio. Yeah, I I think Junkie just has, like, a like a program that has all the instruments in it and everything yeah. I, I think he did uh snyder cut gvk and he did one more too but he just did them all from home hmm. on his computer and then like sent off to warner <laughs> brothers and they're like cool thanks and then they should do it like put in the movie like just all all instruments no sitting in the in the big studio conducting an orchestra or anything wow. yeah like no that. no orchestral uh <laughs> the days of the orchestral uh symphony or dying away i god i hope not because i was listening to like a one of john williams things today and i'm like thinking about like how they produce that and everything i'm like there's, there's a magic there that oh, will yeah. be lost if mm. shang chi ever... still used an orchestra so i don't think that i think it's still the way like it was just that weird it, it, yeah, time it, it, yeah because when they were doing both those movies everything was shut down yeah. nobody was meeting Nobody was going into a recording studio to do a big orchestral recording or yeah. anything like that. It was just, hey, this is all we can do. And no so, room was big enough for an orchestra to be six feet apart. Yeah, to be. <laughs> to be yeah, and, and you I mean, have the largest auditorium in the world, and it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. And you also still you also have to have everybody there mm-hmm. close to each other. Otherwise, it's going to sound weird. Yeah. You know, if you have the trumpet here, trumpet there, trumpet there, tr- like it's not going to be the same sound right. as it would be. Yeah. So that was a side tangent. That was a side tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Related to the music. Yeah, which true. we can touch on that. Yeah. Val Comer sounded excellent uh, impersonating. Singing as Jim, Jim Morrison? Morrison? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was be- really believable. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was him, but I didn't have any other... I assume that it was him. Uh, well, they said it in the documentary. Yeah. That okay. he, he said he wanted to sing his parts okay like they didn't want to use previous recordings or anything like that yeah that's pretty awesome then um because he's yeah it sounded great um i I forget where we were talking about before we led into that just the timeline of the music Mm -hmm. i guess is that's where we left off but uh yeah so one thing that i noticed with uh movies about music or musicians is sometimes when, like, the backup band, or maybe not a backup band, but the band is playing, um, 
like the drummer won't actually be doing what right they're doing or the uh pianist or whoever um these guys that play these the doors like spot on like everything that the drummer was doing he was doing mm-hmm. so like i don't know if they were if they got actors who played those instruments they could they could i assume so that that weird so the doors has a unique sound with like the keyboard yeah still to this day so like, nothing. Organ. yeah, yeah organ it's like a yeah organ keyboard so finding somebody that can do that yeah be pretty impressive i mean I, yeah i mean you could learn all, it, all keys are basically the same yeah um not easy that's no. that's like one of the more difficult instruments i think i love it but yeah. it's hard it's very hard yeah. to play um especially if you can't read music like me yeah it's not trying like to the, play by ear and like get the right chords. It's not like the drums are like a simple beat. Like there's a lot of different work on, you know, the separate hands. So like any art, there's a science to it. Yeah, it doesn't just happen. So I was a, I was just super impressed that they they got him to, to, <laughs> to play it even correctly. more believable. Oh yeah, just like uh. Because uh, you don't want to just see, like, some guy doing, like, this in the background. And you're like, and well, I've that's seen, obviously I've seen it in it. movies. I'm like, how can you let that go by? <laughs> they're like, oh, they're not going to be paying attention to uh, I, I, I was going to say, because 90% of the time a studio is like, they're not going to know. Yeah. They'll have no idea. <laughs> and most people don't. I just noticed. There will be that one drummer in the audience who's like, hey, no. <laughs> what bugs me even more is when, like... A band will put out uh, live footage or whatever, and like it doesn't match up with the song. <laughs> that bugs me even more because it's like you are musicians; you mm-hmm. should pay attention to that stuff. But I'm just, you know, what like like they're playing, like they're fake playing, or not even fake playing. Like it's just they're playing it's the song out of sync. Yeah, it's just yeah, like a, they'll take a shot of the drummer. But it's not like a shot right matches. They'll move it. <laughs> yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It just bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm picky. <laughs> I need my chronologically accurate timeline. Yeah, if you're gonna put live footage, make a live video. <laughs> um Yeah, Jim Morrison is a piece of shit. I don't know what else to say. He is. I like, mean, <laughs> that's the consensus. He's a, Val Kilmer did a great job at playing a piece of shit. Yeah. He really did. Um, I wish that they would have got a little bit more into, like, the confrontation between Jim and the rest of the Doors. Mm. Like, you have that one scene when they're recording their album and, like, they have uh, whatever song it was on the radio. And he's like, you sold it to... Oh, yeah, the Light My Fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to, it was a commercial. To, for, it was a Ford commercial, I think. Yeah. And he's like, you guys sold this without me? And it's like, well, you weren't around because you're so heavily into drugs. Yeah. Like, we had that thing, one for, you know, like, three, four musketeers or whatever. Right. And it's like, well, all three of us decided to sell it, and you weren't around, so we sold it for $75,000. And he's like, you're selling a lie to the people now. It's like, they think we're sellouts now. And then you have that other part of it where the one guy's like, they all think that we're drug addicts because of you. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) you're so sloppy that they think we're all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess that wasn't probably the norm back then to to sell your song to a commercial. Especially like 
the message that the doors were like trying to get across you know they're they're very anti-establishment and you know free-spirited and they that comes across in their songs so like selling out to like mega corporations obviously is pretty against like their entire idea but you know you also start to take a look at the way that the times changed and how the rest of the band changed with the times while Jim was still like stuck on taking drugs and doing yeah. all the same stuff that he was doing before they got together. And they're like, dude, like you, you gotta like change with us. You gotta, you know, we have to, we have to work together to like make the band go. And he's like, no nah, man, just like, you know, <laughs> Pop a couple pills, take a swig of brandy, jump out a window, tell your wife that she'll die for you or whatever. (laughs) Light the house on fire. There were parts in the movie that I really liked where they like took Jim's ideals and just like threw them back in his face Mm -hmm. whenever it was like one of their last shows. And it's like, you said that you love pain, but you run from it every chance you get. It's like, you're, you're so not, you're so fake. Yeah. Because he even says that to uh, Pam at the one point. He's like, I lied. I love fame. I love being famous. Yeah. It's like, it's not even about the... He's like having a dilemma where he's like, they want me, not my song lyrics. But then he's like, but I love fame anyway. Yeah. You know? So, like, clearly that was like a struggle he had inside of him. Yeah. And then he doesn't matter because he's a giant piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because then, like, as she's, like, trying to talk to him about it, he's throwing jars and lamps at her while she's trying to crawl away from him. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, constantly cheating on her, too. And then near the end of the movie, whenever it's supposed to be, like, he's finally getting his act together, they throw even one more in in us when it's, like, he gets uh, Patricia pregnant. He's like, well, I'm not going (laughs) to claim ownership of this baby. Yeah. I'll fund the uh, abortion if you want it, but uh, if you if you decide to keep it, consider me cut it completely out of his life. And it's yeah. like, wow, you're such you're on, you're on your own if such a if tool. Yeah. Which I wonder, did she keep it? I don't know. We never got. I don't know. Any... She said she was, but who knows? Yeah. Oh is there a... such a piece of shit? Yeah, an illegitimate son of Jim it, Morrison. Yeah, is there is there a kid out there? And is he as crazy as his father? Well, his dad would have been Jim Morrison, and his mom was a witch, so maybe. Maybe he's dead. <laughs> I had a point, and I forget maybe what it was. Maybe he died sitting in a bathtub, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, the ending there, whenever it was, like, him dying, Pam seemed almost relieved. Yeah, she was. Because oh, she's yeah. like, good, thank God he's dead now. She was so, probably so relieved that... Or maybe we never got like more on her, like what happened to her. It but... said she died three years later. Yeah, so I don't know if that was like. Well, I'm sure she, she just had take years it. of years of also drug abuse, trauma. alcohol abuse, trauma, all of that. Yeah. Probably just well, he died of heart failure. It said she joined. I'm assuming she died of heart failure too. But I'm sure that much stress and trauma takes its toll on you after yeah. a while. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she looked. I mean, obviously they made it up for the movie, but she looked ragged by the end of the movie. Right. And she wasn't getting any younger, so. Yeah, so, like, when I see Jim Morrison pictures now, like, I'll (laughs) call... You want to spit on them? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll call it like the beard era. Um, Where he looked like Will Ferrell in Anchorman. <laughs> when he grows out the big beard. He looked like Fat Thor. He did kind of look like Fat Thor. A little Thor. bit, yeah. Um, like, it, it blows my mind that he still died when he was 27. Like, he looked like yeah, he looked old. old. Yeah. He looked old. So... And yeah, whenever it's like he, he died at 27, it's like, he looked 35. At like, least. What? Yeah, like, what the fuck? He had to have punished his body so badly. Oh, yeah. Well, granted, it is Val Kilmer, and he probably, like, was 35. Well, yeah. They shot it. Well, I mean, like, actual pictures. Like, oh, yeah. He still, like, he looked old. Oh, so, yeah. So, um, from years of that. I was going to say, like, we're 27. We don't look like that. You, I'm not. Yeah, but you, think but that, you don't look like that either. Do you think that uh, Val Kilmer transformed his body a la Christian Bale for the movie? Because at the beginning uh, I, of the yeah. film, he was like incredibly thin and fit. Oh, and yeah, then whenever he's like, yeah. like near the end of Jim Morrison's life, he was when he he packed on pounds. pounds. Like on, on yeah. the plane, he, he yeah. literally, they're talking about him being like kind of out of shape or whatever. Mm-hmm. They call him fat, but he's not really fat. No. Um, Do you think that uh, he actually put on the he weight? Probably, of, or yeah. was like a fat suit or something? Yeah, that or he pushed his belly out. I don't, yeah. I don't Method know. actors will do whatever they possibly can to yeah. make the role believable. So I, I believe. I immediately thought that. I was like, oh, they must have shot that later. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because clearly he. But in, in like. There's a concert scene right after that plane ride. Um. I didn't really notice a gut on him at that point. Like, he had his shirt tucked in, he looked normal. Yeah, I think. I don't know. So it's probably shot separately, obviously. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just, he probably did, though. Yeah, makes me wonder if uh, Val Kilmer punished his body to the extent that Christian Bale has, because Christian Bale had to have shaved years off his life the way that he <laughs> transforms his body for movies. Oh, yeah. I mean... Well, steroid abuse. Well, not really abuse, but More taking specific. steroids, uh, getting big to play Dick Cheney, uh, emaciating himself to play the mechanic. I mean, like that's shit you can't do to your body. Is that like, the one where he's like super skinny? Yeah, he he, he, he had like a he had di- like a daily diet of like three crackers or something. Oh my god! Like like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, you could never get me to be an actor simply because they'd be like, well, we need you to, you know, eat this bowl of rice and that's it for the week. Like, no, sorry. I'm good. Get someone else. Just get cast in a Marvel movie and then they'll hook you up with the best physical trainer well, yeah, ever. See, see, that'll work because I could eat whatever the hell I wanted because they're just going to keep me in a gym and give me fat burgers and all that shit. Yeah. And put you on steroids and just increase your metabolism so I can go out and eat McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and still burn it off by the end of the night from going in there and taking all the shit that they're going to pump into me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot more to say if, if you want a different perspective on Jim Morrison. You can watch this movie if you want. It's a, uh, yeah. It, Aaron brought it up earlier. <laughs> if you want to. It was very weirdly, like, stylized. It, it was yeah. like, it, like, put you in a trip almost. Yeah. Like, that was kind I, of. It, it I was felt actually, very much in, in some. It was, yeah. 
at some points it was making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I was like, can we go back to the, a story? Like, because I just feel like the the whole time everything's happening, I'm like, there's too much going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no. it, it's almost it it's almost like it was trying to be like uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, mm-hmm. where like that is like they made a movie that was just the album, or like uh, what was the one that we watched? It was like uh, Fear and glory or something like that that animated one on netflix do you remember what oh, fury or something fury yeah. or something like that something like that it's almost like it was like that hmm. but then they're like uh we gotta throw in like story yeah too. But, yeah and, but that was more action hmm. action pieces that were taking place yeah. alongside the songs which well like made i said more sense. like i've never seen the wall but it's supposed to be really good and it's supposed to have like an actual story but uh yeah I don't know. It, it seemed like it was almost like it was like towing the line. It wanted to be like an actual story, but it also wanted to be like a an artistic visual, trip. Yeah, yeah, visual uh, album. Yeah, like it, because or just like their entire discography, because it pl- it goes through like their entire uh, and uh, and obviously that part I love. <laughs> like I loved all the lot the, you know, the concerts and then. Even stuff behind the scenes. I made a joke concerts. while we were watching it. I was like, oh, it was like they could only afford to get songs by the doors for this movie. <laughs> like when he's walking down like, yeah. the beach. And I was like, huh, what a weird choice to play that song. I was like, I was just thinking about it. Like you would think they would play something else from the era since they weren't together. I think they did the once band. or twice, yeah. I thought. Yeah, I think they did too. Yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Um, maybe it was a thing of those times. But why is there so many damn cops at the uh, oh, yeah. concerts? <laughs> yeah, like standing on stage with them. Yeah, like I think I think that that was something that okay. happened because like we see in the movie, probably a bunch so of much naked of women, yeah, just get up and start dancing on the stage, and they have to throw them off. I think that they've like transitioned that from police to just like just venue bouncers. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but. Even, like, in uh, Straight Outta Compton, like, there are scenes of them mm. performing and with, like, cops there. Okay, yeah. So, and same, that was, like... Same thing with, like, late Mar- 80s. Marilyn Manson. Mm. So, yeah. That, that yeah, was... I didn't know if that was... You'd think I would know that, because I, you know, like music a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one scene that was great where he's provoking the cops because yeah. they pepper sprayed him in the face. And the rest of the band's just, like... <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that cop's problem. Like, he it, saw long hair and he said, "I'm gonna spray this long hair in the face with mace." That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the times. Like, why? Why was he backstage anyway? You know, that's what I mean. What was he patrolling for? Right. Like, yeah. So I didn't get that. Huh. Who knows? I was on Jim's yeah. side on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I imagine yeah, a lot of people yeah, were. <laughs> At that point, I was on his side, but absolutely nothing else. <laughs> no. I think that Sorry. he was a brilliant guy. Oh, yeah. I think that he had a lot to say, and he got, like... Oh, he said a lot. <laughs> he just got swept up in this bullshit of drugs and fame and yeah. became a monster of a person. Even more so than what he already was. I think it, I, I think it actually switched... Like, drugs were still a problem with him, but I think the drinking... Oh, actually 100%. became because he was just like solely with drugs at the beginning. Yeah, and then it, later when he's famous, it shows him swigging champagne after waking up. But, yeah, like, drinking a bottle of brandy before bed. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, you, you could t- well, and then he's probably also taking drugs on top of that, which right. is just fucking him up even more. 
So, like, every single day is just a brand new hell for him. Not yeah. that I'm sympathizing with him, but no. every single day is just a brand new hell for him that he's got to try to control. Well, I mean, I guess, probably, I don't know. I'm not... I can barely drink one beer. Um, but, like, I'm sure once you get so deep, like, you, you're you just trying to, to bury mm-hmm. the pain, I, you know, whatever, just bury whatever you're feeling yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah, and then as you do that, as time goes on, there's you cannot break that cycle on your own. Yeah. And it, once you get that deep... That's all you do, because that's all you know. Yeah. Because if you if you try to break it out yourself, you'll die. <laughs> you'll literally you, you die. Will, you will die. But also, if you try to like take a step back from it, the pain from that alone yeah. is just going to drive you to go even deeper into the bottle. Right. Yeah. So. This has been our PSA on drugs <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> Don't do if them. you if you need help ask for help <laughs> yeah um yeah definitely you know definitely don't condone a lot of what he did no um but at the same time like he had problems <laughs> oh definitely so definitely well he had had the uh, souls of seven navajo inhabiting his own so oh yeah that, that's that's the do first do you think that they moved to pam <laughs> yeah whenever he, whenever he died they jumped into her and then she died three years later, and then all of their souls jumped into somebody else. In, into uh, Patricia's kid. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh, I want to so, see, so see the sequel. So, <laughs> so the ending... Second door. <laughs> like, I didn't rewind it, because I was... At that point, I just... I don't know. I was like, okay, good, it's over. Um, like, when he's in the bathtub, uh, Pam sees... A person was that an Indian, or a yes, yeah, okay, because I was like, wait, I don't remember. She oh, yeah, sees yeah. like this person down the, going down the hall, and that, that's what makes her go down the hall. Mm. And I'm I was like, sure that that's... Oh, okay, at yeah. first I thought Jim had like shaved his head because it was like a bald guy. It was probably the Navajo guy. Yeah. Um. Was he naked? Because that will tell completely. us completely. Oh, well, then it was, because there, <laughs> there was the naked, bald Indian man riding the horse. Oh, okay. So, yes, it probably was him. I think I was... And he was riding a pale, white horse. He's death. Okay. He's death. Yeah. And that's it. We cracked this unsolvable puzzle. <laughs> Oliver Stone, you thought you were slick. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, yes, it definitely was death. All right. All right. Not I think that's movie. about it. That's yeah, about not it. every movie's a winner. Wow. That no, that cracking that code just made that movie even better for me. <laughs> we kind of wish I would have rented this instead of bought it. <laughs> Do we want to rate? I guess. Right. <laughs> you first. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh, I mean, like I didn't completely hate it, um, because there was good stuff, like most of the band stuff, music. Like, that part of the ride was fun. Um, so I'm going to go, like, 4 out of 10. All right. Um, Actually, 5 out of 10, just because Valcomer was pretty good. Yeah. I will go 6 out of 10, because 
I really liked the uh, style, like some of the stylist choices that they did. Uh, Val Kilmer was obviously excellent in the movie. Mm. Uh, the music was great. And um, I guess just to learn more about the doors, because I really have no, I have no idea about them. So. It's always, we still yeah. don't. <laughs> True. True. Um, True. I guess I didn't start the episode with that. I, I just always liked the doors. Like, I love, I mean, the piano is like their key sound, mm-hmm. you know. Or the organ, whatever. I did like that part. We didn't touch on it, but whenever... um, I forget his name. Ray? Yeah. He's not Billy Zane, by the way. I know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought that, like, John... I was like, okay, I I believe that. Um, Whenever they left, like, the the beach house or whatever that they were recording, and he's like, I gotta do the intro and everything. And, like, he was, like, working on... And then it cuts to them playing, and you hear the intro, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's amazing. He's, yeah. like, he's like, come back, I got it, I yeah. got it. And then it cuts to them doing their first show. Yeah. And that intro is iconic. Oh, it's Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just always like the sound of the, of the doors. Oh, I do, too. Um, <laughs> their messaging is pretty good, too. I'm going to piggyback on Sean's as a six. Um, I think with a little bit more structure, this movie could have been something fantastic mm-hmm. um but it's missing it's missing key I mean, it was made in 91 i don't know if there was anything like that made mm, back true. then no yeah th- this kind of was the this kind of was a kickstarter for movies like bohemian rhapsody yeah. um which still i, I know came... there's another one rocket man rocket man yeah, like yeah. those types of movies um but uh, the idea was there the intentions were good. Mm-hmm. I think that at some point, so it just kind of falls flat. Because like we established, there is no protagonist to this movie right. whatsoever. You're not rooting for anybody. You're just watching the shit show happen. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, like there's there's nothing there's nothing connecting you to any character per se. And I think that's something that's missing and, from and, it. And there's honestly not really a payoff at no. the end. Because no. I mean, and nobody is really like humanized in the movie right jim is not humanized at all like he's just a piece of shit nobody else is really given enough time to establish a character for people to connect to Mm -hmm. so there's no real driving force as far as the audience connecting with a character in this movie and i think that's where it falls flat for me Mm -hmm. um but everything else is great val kilmer's great as jim morrison uh the visuals and everything are very they're very artistic i appreciate the choices Mm -hmm. that oliver stone and probably val kilmer made with all of it yeah but it just does not it i have no connection to it whatsoever like like i watched it and i was like that was a movie like and that that's kind of how i just walked away that was two and a half hours which i was like (laughs) i still like the doors music i don't like jim morrison like that was yeah it's always good to separate the art from the artist yes yeah, definitely. That that's definitely my perspective going forward. Is oh yeah, you know the art is great, like the person literally great. Not so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I would have liked it if the movie, like at the end, maybe not to drag it on even more, but like I feel like they should have did something showing off like what the band did post his yeah. death. Yeah. Uh, if they, they didn't did really anything. make music, but I know they've done a few shows here and there where like they had other people come in. Uh, 
they did one show specifically, like they had Scott Stapp from Creed, who kills <laughs> on vocals. Like he sounds just like Jim, honestly. Um, and then like Scott Weiland of Stone Devil Pilots, um, guy from Pearl Jam. Can't remember his name right now. Jeremy something. Is that his name? I don't know. That's one of their songs, Jeremy. Anyway. Oh, Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder, Eddie yes. Vedder. Yeah, because my dad calls me Eddie Vedder every time I wear a flannel. Okay. Yeah, so how could I possibly forget? I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Shout out there. It's bad. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of the greatest bands ever. God, I hope he doesn't watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear a knock on your door. <laughs> We gotta make the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers biopic. Yeah. Ooh, that would really just <laughs> chap his ass. <laughs> what are you working on, son? <laughs> you don't want to know. No, I want to. No, you don't want to. No. no. <laughs> well, there you have it. That was our discussion about the doors. We have another recommendation coming our way. Via Aaron, if you were prepared this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have uh, I have two in mind. Um, what are you guys feeling? You feeling an action comedy or action drama? Comedy. Comedy. Comedy? All right, we're going to watch The Nice Guys. <laughs> okay. That's I've never seen movie. The Nice Guys. I love this movie. It's, it's good. It's very good. So, I always um, wanted to. We're going to watch The Nice Guys starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Directed by Shane Black. All right, if you don't want to be spoiled for the nice guys, make sure to watch before next episode. Thank you for watching or listening, guys. Uh, we enjoyed talking about The Doors. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, like and subscribe, all that fun stuff, and we'll see you in the next one. Break on through to the other side.